And so the mother in me asks, what if? What if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? What if our America... and genocide, slavery and Jim Crow, detentions and political assault. What if they're whispering in our ear today, tonight, you are brave. What if this is our nation's great transition? Welcome to 10 Minutes on Democracy. That moment of democracy inspiration was from Sikh activist and lawyer Valerie Carr's inspiring New Year's Eve address at the Metropolitan AME Church in 2016. I'm Jason Franklin. It's Tuesday, June 22nd, and moving from 2016 to today, here at One for Democracy, we're keeping our eye on four key issues this week. First, the infrastructure bill debate dynamics and what's getting included in the bill, recent Supreme Court rulings on LGBT equality and healthcare, a quick look at some primary election developments, and the next steps as Democrats try to pass the For the People Act. So looking at the infrastructure bill, three things we're keeping our eye on related to this. First is the debate itself is getting supercharged by the start of the climate disaster season. Tropical Storm Claudette is battering parts of North Carolina and killed at least 12 people in Alabama over the weekend. A widespread heat wave is affecting a larger than ever part of the West and Southwest with temperatures in places exceeding 115 degrees and expectations are rising for Texas's power grid, the only state with a standalone grid in the lower 48, to possibly fail again amidst the temperature and pressure of its use. Second, Democrats are considering including major healthcare reforms in this infrastructure bill, teeing up a major fight with the hospital, health insurance, and pharmaceutical industries. They're considering including measures that would lower Medicare eligibility from 65 to 60 years, expanding benefits, and giving Medicare the ability to negotiate lower drug prices. So what gets counted as infrastructure is under debate. And finally, a bipartisan group of senators continues to push for their substantially smaller infrastructure bill, but they're still falling short of 10 Republican senators who are willing to sign on. And if they go too far, some progressive senators are coming out this week saying they will vote no, including Senator Warren, who warned that if child care and climate interventions get left behind, she will vote no. Most signs are still pointing to a larger bill that will be supported only by Democrats, but it still remains too soon to be told. Second, on the Supreme Court, earlier this month I talked about major cases coming out that might shed light on how conservative the court is becoming. Two surprise results came out last Thursday, though, that leave us with conflicting views on that trajectory. First, a surprisingly unanimous ruling on Thursday from, that a Catholic social services agency in Philly could defy city rules and refuse to work with same-sex couples who apply to take in foster children it was definitely a setback for LGBT equality as religious groups continue to prevail in the current court. However, it was a very narrow ruling on the fact that the city allowed exceptions but denied a religious exception, which was therefore found to be religious discrimination. 
The court surprisingly did not rule on the broader precedent from the 1990 case, Employment Division versus Smith, which found that laws that do not single out religion could not be ch- a single religion could not be challenged on the ground that they violate the First Amendment's protection of the free exercise of religion. Conservatives on the court agreed with the ruling, but had a dissenting opinion saying it was so narrow as to be almost worthless. Second, also on Thursday, the Affordable Care Act survived a third major challenge, and the surprise was that it was a 7-2 vote, turning aside Republican attempts to kill the health care law. They found again in a very narrow ruling that the 18 Republican-led states who brought the case had not suffered the sort of direct injury that came them standing to sue. And as the Affordable Care Act has gained popularity over the years, now covers over 20 million Americans, most experts expect efforts to shift from overturning the CARE Act in the courts to either strengthening it by Democrats or weakening it by Republicans through legislation. On the primary front, um, in a vote that's being watched all over the country for indications of how are Democrats voting around issues like police reform, housing, and education, New Yorkers are casting their ballots in the mayoral primary today. However, New York City is using ranked choice voting for the first time in a mayoral race, which is causing confusion for voters and leaving election watchers uncertain around where the race is headed. Polling has been pretty scant, and it's basically still anyone's race with eight leading candidates. Only New Yorkers' first choice votes will be counted right away, and other choices will be slowly tabulated, but we might not know the results until mid-July when they begin counting absentee ballots. So we'll have a long time to wait to see how this ranked choice voting plays out. On the Republican side, uh, Trump's early endorsement of Representative Ted Budd in North Carolina has caught state leaders off guard, and it's going to prove to be an early test of his endorsement power in the midterms, as many leaders, including outgoing Senator Richard Burr, who broke with Trump when he voted for impeachment proceedings in January, view former Governor Pat McCrory as the strongest candidate in the primary and the ones with the best odds to win in the general election. So questions about whether Trump's endorsement can actually shift the trajectory of a Senate primary election. Trump also endorsed Republican Kelly Shibaka, who is challenging Senator Lisa Murkowski in Alaska, his first endorsement against a sitting Republican. Not surprising, but a sign that he is more out to get revenge than to build Republican power. And Missouri Senate candidate Mark McCloskey pled guilty to a misdemeanor charge for brandishing a gun at Black Lives Matter protesters, which meant he only had to pay a $750 fine and he surrendered the gun he waved at protesters. But then he quickly brought a new rifle and proclaimed he'd do it again. So no backtracking or remorse on that front. Finally, the next step in the political theater surrounding efforts to pass the For the People Act will happen today. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is forcing a vote to begin debate on the act. But despite Manchin's efforts' offer of a compromise last week, McConnell has indicated that all Republicans will move to filibuster the vote. So once a filibuster happens, it will force Manchin and Cinema, who penned an op-ed yesterday supporting the filibuster, to a reckoning of whether they will do anything to amend the filibuster to protect voting rights or allow Republican efforts across the country to further subvert the democratic process. Speaking of those efforts, last week, Michigan's anti-voter bills passed the Senate along party lines. A bill shortening the absentee ballot deadline passed the North Carolina Senate. An omnibus bill passed out of the first House Committee in Pennsylvania, including provisions to shorten registration deadlines, make voting by mail more difficult, 
create more stringent voter ID requirements. And the Wisconsin Republican-controlled assembly has scheduled final votes on six anti-voter bills this week. We've also seen the first impact of the anti-voting bills passed earlier this spring begin to play out in Georgia, where members of at least 10 county election boards have now been removed or had their positions eliminated. Most of those positions were held by people of color or Democrats, and likely all will be replaced by Republicans committed to partisan ends. So we are seeing the first indications of how these anti-voter bills at the state level are playing out, and big questions remain of whether there will be this slim chance to pass the For the People Act at the federal level to counteract those efforts. So thanks for joining us to hear a quick review of some of these key issues, voting rights and the infrastructure bill, primaries and the Supreme Court. I'm Jason Franklin. It's Tuesday, June 22nd, and thanks for joining 10 Minutes on Democracy.